and welcome. You're listening to The Green Majority here on CIUT 89.5 FM, our wonderful and very appreciated community radio partners, as well as our podcast listeners. But if you're listening now, I mean now now. If you're listening right now. If you're if you're listening now now or then. Sorry, Spaceballs reference. Never mind. Didn't get uh, it. <laughs> it's never mind. So uh, <laughs> this is your host, Aaron Kaster. We are doing the, uh, this is our uh, start off of our fall membership drive uh, show uh, as always, yes, Dave. We yes. always have a solid hour of yes. programming, um, but eight minutes of that programming might be asking you for money. Mm. So let's start it off now, so we can get to some content mm. um, and reminding people why it's important. So we'll, we're just going to do a quick thing, and then we'll and then Dave, you've got a whole list of stories we're going to get to here in just oh, a yes. moment. Uh, I should also note as well that if you're wondering why we haven't introduced Stefan, Stefan is actually current. On the phone, he's on line. the phones. You can hear his voice. You can speak with him in person. Say, Stefan, what's happening? So you can ask him why he's afraid to be on the air right now yes. by calling 416 946 7800. You can also call toll free at 1 888 204 8976. The best way, I think, because it's the easiest, honestly, just go to ciut.fm. There's a big button i checked earlier because i always say that and i want to make sure it's still true it's absolutely true <laughs> there is an unmissably large donate button mm, can't miss it on the homepage. ciut.fm you don't even need the www the that's, click, that's just a just click away mm. so go ahead so uh, we're just going to provide some justification for that in case you're a new listener maybe you just moved to toronto there's a lot of there's very uh, a lot of immigrants in our city proudly we're proud to have immigrants in our city so maybe you don't know ciut is an independent uh media uh well independent radio station uh and this show is one uh, of its components we provide independent media and analysis um and we do that for free uh we do it as volunteers um, and we've been doing it now, uh, Dave, uh, how long have you been with me? I've been here. This is over 16 years for me. Yeah. I've only been here a couple of years. Yeah. So you're the new blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're committed. We've been doing it for a long time. And I think honestly, the show has been getting considerably better over time as we get more mm. experience with it. Um, and certainly, uh, Dave and Stefan have been solid contributions. So just to start right off here, we'll, we'll talk more about why exactly it's important to donate, um, and what things we're going to be providing uh, already and both, uh, in the future as well, as we go throughout the program. The last thing I will say before we go to news stories is that the Green Majority has been able to secure it. Now, this is actually an interesting story, Dave. Okay. Um, because every year, um, yeah. one of the, you know, we're uh, uh, CIUT's a uh, charity. Yeah. And uh, someone's going to run here and correct me if that's wrong. I'm just tensing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, charity not for profit status always gets me confused. Someone will run in and correct me, I'm sure. But the uh, idea behind it is that we're uh, providing this. Uh, uh, analysis because a lot of the time there are interests in the actual uh, topics at hand, right? So we're, we're very critical and we've been very resistant. It's been, honestly, it's been difficult to even find sponsors for our program because we're, we're generally pretty like, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to bow to someone. Um, we're just going to tell you what we think is true. Um, but we also have very passionate listeners. And one of the easiest, uh, one of the one of the ways which you can get prizes, of course, is you know you ask big companies if they'll donate stuff, and often one of the things that would be donated would be flights. And of course, our very passionate listeners, <laughs> without fail, every fundraising drive, someone, one or two of you, would email in and say, "Hey, we're not thrilled about uh, the flights." So this is this is just a this is what happens when you have a community radio station that you can actually have a relationship with. Mm. Green Majority has been able to secure a five hundred dollar travel voucher uh, for Via Rail. Mm. And you can take a beautiful uh, rail, enjoy this beautiful country of ours uh, while getting from A to B. $500 travel voucher is yours available uh, for a $120 donation. Um, and you're going to call in right now to do that. So you can do that now, 416-946-7800, 888 or CIUT.FM. That's it, Dave. You news can, me. You can win the travel voucher. That's right. If you donate that. That's right. It's, not a, it's not a gift with purchase. Yes. yes. <laughs> $500 via rail travel voucher. Great is, uh, way to travel. Yeah, the your train. chance to win, and and you're you you get to do the donating thing already, which you see the doing. landscape, see the trees. Let's news them now. We've we've been gathering enough. Let's well, news them. I, I just also want to say that uh, we are very appreciative to our listeners, especially those who speak to us and uh, give us suggestions for the show. So specifically, Margot and Suli, we see you and we thank you, and we will get to those uh, those content. Uh, questions that you hadn't wanted us to cover That's not right. this week but soon so we don't we always do reply to emails deeply. very quickly but i tell you we do read them yes yes also kevin we love you too for for contacting us so often so i'm going to begin with uh, something beautiful and hopeful that a man named paul chatterton has uh, composed he is a professor of urban futures at the university of leeds and he has written recently 
uh, his vision of what the streets of London, that's London, UK, could look like if it were to transform itself into the kind of car-free, community-centered place he argues is possible and urgently necessary, rather than continuing with its car-centric, emissions-heavy, and toxic trajectory. He paints for us a picture of what London could look like as soon as 2025, if the demands of Extinction Rebellion were immediately met. And not just Extinction Rebellion, but many others who are also calling for such things. His imagination provides a $300 billion pound investment in climate-friendly transport, funded through closing tax loopholes, raising corporate tax, and introducing a transport levy. A huge improvement in mass public transport ensues, including suburban train stations and streetcars that are able to connect smaller municipalities together, massively reducing the need for cars and providing an explosion of green jobs run by regional cooperatives owned and managed by workers and users. Employee-owned electric bus companies are set up. Everyone gets 14 free rides a week. Fossil fuel engines are banned within cities once the public transportation is up and working. And circular economy legislation lets people send their cars back to the corporations that made them. Free shared taxis and minibuses are provided for people with mobility issues. Schools and universities shorten their schedules in order to hold community-based climate action sessions. Workplaces stagger their schedules to help with rush hour congestion. A guaranteed income means that most people work only part-time, and all necessary goods and services are available to all city neighborhoods within a 20-minute walk. Some roads remain designated for public transit or electric vehicles for trade or health workers, with a 20-mile-per-hour limit in urban centers. And all other roads are stripped down to give and given to cycling and walking. The extra space is given to public sports pitches, and bicycles, scooters, trailers, and box bikes are available for members of community mobility hubs, and car parks are turned into bike racing tracks and gardens. With his community-focused approach to green transport, Chatterton writes, quote, There would be thousands fewer deaths or serious injuries from traffic accidents, respiratory and coronary diseases every year, reduced depression and social isolation, and an increase in independent traders and a more vibrant local economy. We would no longer have toxic illegal air. Carbon emissions from transport would be practically zero, and everyone, everyone would be able to get around where they live regardless of how rich or poor they are. It would also drastically help rebuild communities. People would be less lonely, out and about rather than sitting in private vehicles. People would talk more and figure stuff out face to face. Tackling carbon emissions in transport genuinely is a win-win situation. Getting there won't be easy. It will require a strong citizens' movement on the streets, as well as in community meetings, courtrooms, and research centers. We will need officials, elected representatives, business leaders, inventors, and researchers to become activists and rebel against the current transport status quo. Time is short to get transport emissions and toxic air under control. But the benefits that transforming transport in this way could offer are huge. We must not miss this moment. End quote. And there you have his glorious vision for the near future. Well, and Dave, what I think is really uh, important and has really been striking me recently as I've been taking a bit of a, a backseat to the content here and really just sort of more reacting to it live for the last several months <laughs> than, than, you know, being a feeling like I'm really part of the show, which is that's because I'm busy. That's not, mm. you know, that's, that's a decision I've made. Mm. But because of that, I've sort of, I've, it, it's, a, it's given me a different perspective than I think I had when I was sort of more directing the content and being the, the lead person. And what that's been is that it's, it's allowed me to sort of stop and like look around a little bit more. Mm. And, and, you know, and I've been pursuing my, my other interests. So anyway, so I've been interacting with a lot more people outside of my, you know, environment network than I normally have, uh, actively pursuing those connections. And as I do so, uh, we may talk more deeply about this in a little bit later in the program, but I, it's really, it strikes me how much of our challenge is a lack of imagination rather than a lack of solutions. Mm -hmm. And what I mean, I don't mean some sort of generic esoteric concept by that. What I mean by that is very specifically like people like, when people propose an idea or they propose a challenge, often the responses appear to be just 
arguments from ignorance. And that sounds like a that sounds like an insult, but it, it, within the confines of rhetoric, it's it's just a description of an argument type. And what it means is, I don't believe you because I can't imagine that being true. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That, like, that's the shocking part. Like we anticipate that, but the fact that that's all there is often is is just ignorance. It's like let's do it maybe differently. It's like, but that's not the way it is right now. So how could it be that? And I way? can't imagine what that different thing would be. Right? It's not a matter of not wanting the goals. Often, sometimes in my experience, people's reaction can be based around the fact that they do like it, but they're just annoyed by being tempted by it. Hey, we'd all love to never have to work again. You know, but at some level, for some person who's been like, for like, give me an example, really quick. I don't want to sidetrack too far here, but let's say you know people have been, you know, working seventy-hour work weeks and for their whole life, and they're now retired, and their whole life they worked in a mine or whatever. They, you know, hard manual labor, long, poor working conditions. They've really, they've, you know, they've put in their their pound of flesh, if they will, into society. And then I come along and as a politician two years from now and say, guaranteed minimum income, we're going to have like 15% of the uh, entire population technically unemployed. And that's fine. We've designed the system for that. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's a planned way that the system works. That person may agree with the end goal. They may like it, but they're going to, they, sometimes people are actively resistant because it's really more of an emotional well, that would have been nice, but I've been through all this suffering for well, nothing. Sure, but also, I'm going to say it's not possible because I'm an, I'm angry that I that that could have been possible and I didn't get it. That person would conceivably as well be much more uh, okay with having worked that much if they if the worker had a uh, a, a, a direct uh, say and input and control into the direction of that company because as, as it stands, it's like they're just working for somebody else. But sure. if the workers had direct control over those companies, it wouldn't be such a bad thing to say, oh, these other people aren't going to work because it's, it's actually a much uh, greater privilege to be a worker Sure. if you have control over the company. Sure. And I, and I want to be very conscious here to be um, immensely respectful of uh, and to be and to be clear that we're not attempting I'm not attempting to imply any, in any way any disrespect of any of our uh, uh, more senior listeners. Um, what I, I simply ask people to um, challenge themselves to you know, to just try and be aware of that fact that sometimes we're, sometimes we have emotional reactions to things to be against things or they make us angry for a reason we don't quite understand. And that sometimes that reason is just because is, is what we're describing. They're like, well, I do actually agree with that, but that would have benefited me a lot. I suffered a lot because I didn't have that thing. And so I'm just having an emotional reaction to someone else getting it. it yeah. I think it really is that simple sometimes. And I think we have to be very self-conscious about checking that. I do think also, though, that in terms of those who who have solutions and are putting those solutions forward, uh, they may have themselves a, a vivid imagination uh, with, with in terms of what they're thinking of. But there, we, we still don't have at least a generally uh, articulatable or easily articulated uh, notion of image of what how this would actually work. You have a lot of solutions out there, but there is, a, in a sense, at least a lack of a mainstream vision of how to put this forward. For instance, in the in the article that we just uh, that I just summarized, he sort of assumes without a proof that uh, making community centered focused, uh, green focused transit would just automatically solve the problem of. Uh, corporate franchises and so forth uh, coming in uh, and sort of ruling the the commercial aspect of communities. He says, oh, automatically uh, local businesses and all these local initiatives will just spring up like mushrooms. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's not cl exactly clear how that would necessarily follow. Yeah. So, so that kind of uh, putting together the uh, connecting the dots in terms of uh, the this this left wing green uh, focused transport community vision is still not fully hashed out and it is true that it's like it's not obvious how this would uh be 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 be, be uh perfectly uh realizable yeah. under these considerations and if i can if i can take just a brief second not nearly as long as the first time but to wag my finger at our younger audience of course dave people my you, exact age are you perfect. just wag you just wag your finger my ex anyone my exact You're age is finger absolutely flawless um but just you know we want to balance the scales here a little bit uh okay boomer is not an argument <laughs> like that i realize that some of our some of the younger audience finds that very amusing and and it, the thing is, it is a it's a response that's in kind to what they're getting, right? Often, 
you know, it's certainly not an age thing, but many of the people who are responding emotionally, but also being incredibly vitriolic are generally older white men. And as the, as the people who want a thing, you, there's always going to be resistance to change. And so as the person who wants the thing, you have to be the bigger person because by allowing a, a conversation to devolve into team sports and some sort of otherism, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you are, you're, you're, you're letting, you're, you're saying, congratulations, I'm conceding the thing I actually wanted because I, what I'd really like to do is have an immature argument with you. Yeah. So even if that's how you're getting responded to, even if you're a young person on social media and you're saying things and a salty old white man says something really childish and stupid, that's, mm -hmm. that's about 50 years, uh, too, too young for them, uh, at best, uh, maturity level wise, uh, it, the responsibility is yours to be the adult in that situation. Age is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think we need to – I'm really not a fan of how age defined uh, just of late, very recently, that, that part of this conversation has become. Yeah, I don't I think that. that's in any way constructive. I hear that for all. sure. May I just turn quickly to this Paris thing? Uh, so Adam Nossiter for the New York Times uh, put out an article a month ago about Paris Mayor Anne Hidalgo's attempts to green Paris by adding 200 miles of bike lanes and declaring a war on cars. Uh, she also turned a highway over to pedestrians, which was contested hotly by everybody initially, but is now loved. She has been motivated by the immediacy of climate change already harming her city, which has seen major heat waves recently. Her efforts haven't decreased emissions, but car use is still falling, and Paris is now the most bike-friendly, uh, one of the most bike-friendly cities on the planet. Many environmentalists are not happy with what she's done, though, because she's letting a lot of developers have their way, and others are upset that Paris is continuing uh, to transform into a shopping mall for tourists. So here you have someone who's uh, who's uh, has a stake in the game and is and is fighting uh, and has courage. Yeah, I yeah yeah we I think to certain to a certain degree that that yeah we just need to get some cards on the table, uh, and I think um, I've been really. Um, Whole, every every time we have sort of a single person that people start coalescing around, more, most recently it's been Greta Thunberg, um, I start getting really nervous um, because I don't like uh, anything that is that gets put around a single person can be sort of discarded with that person. And uh, and so I, I really I'm I'm super thrilled. I don't have anything negative things to say about her. My concern was to sort of that we like, OK, great. This is our child that we're going to push in front of us. <laughs> um, and what we really need is the voices coming from all sectors. So I'm, I'm I think we should always be on the lookout for more champions and, and not just sort of like, great, this is our young person. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Did you um, want to uh, add briefly your. Um exchange with someone uh, about uh, their emotional uh, attachment oh. to their car well i just or yeah i had a i had a funny interaction perhaps you would like to comment on because okay. maybe get your impact up so okay. i was commenting it was actually this just this morning there was a, a comment someone who's in the sector of public transportation and environment but they were like from the transportation sector who is environmentally minded as opposed to you know an envi environmental professional who focused on transport right so a transportation professional um it had thousands and thousands of views and it was simply, it was an infographic. It was linking to an article, but the thing people were reacting to is an infographic that showed uh, on a standard size piece of street as a, as a graphics, we're talking about lines and dots here. Um, you know, the amount of people that could get through walking, biking, busing, or driving. And it was just to see thousands of comments, thousands of comments. This is not Facebook, it's LinkedIn. And, and people are generally a lot more professional on there. And there's a lot generally more professional people on there. Still, all emotional reactions to what people seem to simply be reacting to was the idea that their car was being impugned. Mm. And I made this comment in a couple of places. I mean, I really, I honestly, I feel like these are just emotional reactions. I, I try very hard not to make anything personal on LinkedIn um, because I'm trying to make professional connections. But I was like, I really feel like this is, you're all just having an emotional reaction. And, and funnily enough, I actually had a couple of people who that would have been a, a contrary remark to. The person I was implyingly responding to uh, actually added me afterwards and appreciated my comment. But there really is, like that was sort of the point there was that was to, a minute ago was to, you know, I was saying a minute ago about the emotional context. The, the point of adding the story was that this is 
I, I think w there's this ongoing myth about like, well, people in positions of power got there because they know more things than we do, or they're better humans in some way. No, they're still pretty flawed. And they're still just as subject to arguments from ignorance and emotional responses as the rest of us. Um, and that's why it's so important to talk about the details about these things and not just sort of like leader follow. Like, oh, we're on team liberals or we're on team Greta Thunberg or we're on team. No, we're all individuals. We're all doing our part and we're all contributing. And we need to talk about the details of stuff and not just like pick champions and try and push them forward like a, like a football mm. match. Yeah, I mean, and I think without putting ourselves forward as uh, any any greater or any lesser than anybody else, we still need to declare a war on cars. People, people who do not drive cars are not any better than people who drive cars. But that doesn't mean we can't have a war on what has become of our cultural obsession with the personal vehicle. So, uh, Dave, we're going to get uh, we're going to switch you out, I think, for Stefan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but if people want to talk to you, can you maybe tell people why they might? So I'm talk going to, you for a to the uh, phones after this quick music break, and I'm going to be available for people to call in to donate to this wonderful station of CIUT. 89.5 FM, the sound of your city in Toronto, the community radio station that has it all. There are so, so many excellent shows on this station. And you may call, if you desire, 416-946-7800. That's 416-946-7800. Or toll free at one 888 204-8976 or you can donate online at ciut.fm and we appreciate you and we hear you and you hear us and we love that exchange that's awesome and don't forget uh, during this special break this is a great opportunity not only can you say uh, if you call right now you might catch Stefan otherwise you don't have to wait to the end of the program you probably catch Dave but either way you're, if you uh, donate $120 uh, or more you will be entered automatically for a uh, green majority endorsed uh, via travel voucher for $500 so take that train take the train take some photos send it to us mm. take some pictures from the train and tag us and you will get retweeted and become national icon uh, with that we're gonna we're gonna switch <laughs> out uh, Dave here. Uh, we're going to listen to just a moment of Tanya Tagak and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Sound of Your City Fall Fundraising uh, <laughs> Fall Fundraising Drive here at CIUT. We'll be right back. The Green Majority is entirely listener-supported. Our goal to reach minimum solvency is to raise $300 a month. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com for as little as $1. All right. That, uh, the song surprised me with the end there, Stefan. So we're, uh, we're on the air. We're live. We're live. <laughs> we're doing it. Stefan Hostetter is, in fact, in the studio. I'm going to preempt you just very quickly by rapidly reading the phone number here. And then we're going to have a special interview and I'll let you interview your guests. So if you're just tuning in now, this is the CIUT uh, Fall Fundraising Drive. We need your support to call in and continue to uh, help uh, produce amazing media that we do, the independent interviews and, and research that we do, uh, as well as your choice opportunity to, like, energetically uh give uh give old doug a nice raspberry there in <laughs> yes. kind in kind at the same time yeah. you can do that by calling 416-946-7800 or 1-888-204-8976 most likely though you're just going to do the easy way cit.fm and click on donate Stefan, it's yours thank you so much yes and if you call right now you can talk to the illustrious dave hostetter so that is an option um and we are going for uh we we've i believe we've just gone over fifty thousand dollars my understanding uh and we are going for fifty one thousand dollars in the next uh 40 minutes or so so if you can call and donate right now uh you will uh you will get a chance to to win and you get a chance potentially to win a trip uh as well so that is good but, but right now we are interviewing uh, Erica Reyes. Hello. Hello, Hello Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and and so we are talking about the the shift towards, yeah, let's say, the future that we would like to live, if that sounds, uh, that make, makes some sense. Um, and, and you run a company called Wisebird. And I wonder if you can uh, let us know, so what, what's Wisebird? Yeah, well, uh, talking about what future we want to see, uh, for me, Weisberg is the starting of this uh, vision. 
uh, where we can live without wasting uh, resources from from our biosphere and uh, where everything we consume it uh, returns to nature and uh, so Wisebird is uh, is a company that is looking to challenge to make people rethink all the things we are doing and that we see normal or that we have normalized but that don't make sense um especially single use plastics hmm. So that's yeah. so, so yeah so so that's the that's the the beginning of where you're focusing on your single exactly. use plastics. Exactly. And how are you doing that? Uh, we are doing it with a reusable container uh, um, reusable container program by Deposit with five restaurants in Toronto. Um, this is one side, and the other side is awareness. Mm-hmm. Because when I speak about uh, an option, when you go and take out and instead of uh, having your food in a disposable container and paying uh, a deposit to borrow a container, people don't really understand why should we do that. Mm. (laughs) So I saw that big challenge and that's why I'm also doing um, awareness Mm. to to challenge people and to start making them think, uh, why are we doing what we do? Yeah, and it's funny because this is a, a business model that certainly exists other places. I, exactly. I you know I remember uh, a few years ago I was in Berlin uh, for their largest, one of their largest street festivals that they that they had, and it was pretty, it was huge. You know, there was apparently a million people came over the three days, and everything there was 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 came from a, a central depot where you rented your sort of you know your your cup and your stuff, and then you went out and got food, and then you brought it to these stations and back, and there was a deposit. Very similar sort of model that you're talking about. You're, you're talking about more one to one, but very similar model. So it exists out there. Like people are making this work, and people are doing this, and it's improving their lives. It is. It is. It's out there, and we are not inventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, we are just bringing. Uh, we are coming back to the basics. And uh, I started uh, this project thinking that plastic was the issue and that bioplastic was going to solve the problem. But after a lot of months of research, uh, I found out that the issue is not the, is not the material, mm-hmm. but the way we use it. Mm-hmm. And if we, even if it's paper, if we use it only once, uh, that's, that's not sustainable. So um, it's just, I think some months before, uh, it was even more uh, challenging to speak about it with people. Now that more and more uh, uh, people is trying this, uh, these models around the world, uh, it's becoming more normal. And that's, that's my vision for Toronto. Nice. Where um, we can uh, see this uh, and we can take out uh, without generating waste uh, and see it as a normal thing. Right, yeah. And, and the city of Toronto certainly is is thinking about this kind of work, mm-hmm. right? They're, the city of Toronto literally, you know, they have a circular economy roundtable, which they've recently begun. Um, and and obviously, they're very much in, in focused on on trying to reduce waste, uh, especially given, you know, uh, we've covered the show a few times, even even last week with, with Kim Dalivera, uh, talking about what has occurred since China has sort of stopped accepting so, uh, such a so high amount of plastics and, and how hard it is now to actually just recycle like recycling itself is getting much more difficult and so people are increasingly looking for another way of doing this um and so i'm curious uh, from a from a personal standpoint um how you sort of found yourself here why why does this particular issue speak to you and how did you how'd you get started yeah well for me my background is in marketing <laughs> uh, and I became an accidental uh, environmentalist. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm originally from Mexico and uh, six years ago I wanted to go abroad. I went uh, to work in India and uh, suddenly everywhere I was walking and seeing every landscape, every beautiful um, building. Uh, when I was when I wanted to take a picture everywhere, I, I the unique thing I could see on the floor was uh, waste and plastic, blue plastic, and it was I don't know for me in Mexico, 
We have uh, a very good waste management that everything we produce, everything we waste magically disappears. And it was the first time for me to see it everywhere. Mm. And uh, someone pointed to me a documentary that changed my life completely. Uh, it's called Back It. Mm. And since then, I started to know about the issue of single-use plastics and plastics in general. And suddenly, everywhere, there was it. Uh, the plastic everywhere. And I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, live normally again. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, I don't know, like whenever someone points you to something, towards something, and suddenly you are just seeing it as a car or for me, plastics. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It happens yeah. in so many ways where you hear or see a thing and then it starts, okay. you start seeing it absolutely everywhere. Yeah. That's... I think there is an, uh, there is an, um, term for that. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always a psychological term for it. Uh, very quickly because we are, uh, this is our fundraising show. Uh, this is CIUT 89.5 FM's fall fundership fundraising vibe, uh, vibe, vibe and also, the running it as well. It does, it does have a bit of a fundraising vibe. Yeah, well, that's the hope. If, if we're failing to have a fundraising vibe, then I'm not entirely certain if we're succeeding at all. Uh, like, this should <laughs> definitely have a fundraising vibe uh, because we are raising money uh, for the sound of your city, CAUT 9.5 FM. Uh, do you want to read out the, the numbers again? Yeah, so we got, uh, you can call 416-946-7800. Uh, and if you call that right now, you're going to be able to speak. There's at least a minimum of a 50% chance you're going to get Dave Hostet. Yeah, if not, you will get... Uh, the other volunteer who is the person who pushed us over $50,000. So either way, you're getting a celebrity. Right. And, and you know, if you're calling in and, and, and you what you really wanted to say was to tell Dave that you really feel emotionally confused every time he uses that weird voice to read something really serious, <laughs> I'm sure that you can ask the person to, to, put, to give you the phone to Dave. Right. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. can definitely request Dave access yeah. unless multiple of you have this request, in which case, you know, he can That's only right. handle one call at a time. Right. We'll, we'll create a queue. Yeah. For Dave speak. Uh, so 416-946-7800-188-204-8976. And if you would rather send a love letter uh, to Dave, you can do that at ciut.fm. <laughs> just add a note to the donation. But it does ask for your favorite show. It your does. favorite show can just be Dave Hostetter. That it, can well, be it can favorite. be it can be it can be specifically Dave, not the Green Majority. Oh yeah, so you, there's enough room. There's oh yeah, easily. Yeah. In that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Back to the back to the content. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, please call in and donate because again, the this station provides so many opportunities uh, for so many voices uh, that uh, that you wouldn't often hear, and and so um, so Erica, back back in sort of to this this sort of idea. So. You You've, you've sort of come up um, a, a, with a sort of sort of two-sided approach to, to to tackle this this attempt of of, um, of single-use plastics, and and you know coming up we're coming up to uh, you know to the holiday season uh, where I where I, I read a thing and this is this is this is unbelievable. Uh, it was it was about returned gifts. It wasn't even about any other gifts. It was about gifts that you return, and apparently people return over a million gifts a day. Um, which, which can you only can imagine how much packaging and emissions. It's something like 15, I want to, I don't want to get this wrong. I think it's 15 million tons of emissions a day. It is unbelievable. Whoa. And that's not even the things you give to people. This is the stuff that is just returned to you. <laughs> like, like that, that, like nothing has occurred here except for the fact that it has been sent to you and then you didn't want it. That's Ouch. the entirety of this experience. <laughs> um, and so clearly this is a, a wasteful time of year. Um, you know, and, and again, it, it, it comes from a good place. And I think that's personally yes. why, why there's that, that's a, that's a need and so you you're working on something to sort of help people still give the the gifts of of of, of showing their appreciation and their love but without perhaps the 15 million tons of uh, <laughs> of, of emissions that they can do so so what are you doing i'm uh, organizing uh something that's called green sunday and it's an event that aims to challenge black friday and massive uh, consumerism um, so it's not, it's, it's a market, but it's not just a market because in a market you just go buy and leave. Mm -hmm. And what we are doing here is to, for people to come, enjoy the holiday vibe. Uh, and also if you need to buy something, um, everything is, has been curated. 
uh, very mindfully. Uh, everything will be upcycled uh, from upcycled materials, recycle materials, reclaim, refurbish. Um, so if you want to show your love to your loved ones, because I really understand it <laughs> the best to do is to do it with the least number of emissions as possible so and also supporting the local new economy yeah. so we are having eco vendors that are very committed uh, with their vision mission and values uh, towards a better future for all of us and if you want to show your love to 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 your family and if you know that your family is very eco-friendly mm -hmm. then this is the place for you <laughs> <laughs> honestly even if family isn't eco-friendly i still suggest this is the place for you um <laughs> largely because so there's a there's an article came out today and i think this is you know this is probably true for a while about how you know any child who exists right now is mm -hmm. going to live in a climate change world um and yes. so and so there's a little bit of a uh i would i would i would encourage us to avoid giving them things that might make their future worse oh, you know that's let's something like that they're, they're, I always they're, think about <laughs> you know there's yeah. a, there's a level of there's a level of like you, i know you want like is, is the think for a second maybe that like is the immediate affection that i can show via this gift uh you know worth the long term uh the cost that i might be imparting mm -hmm. honestly on this young person you know like as we've seen over the last you know what is it uh, you know, few months or years of the growing, you know, youth movement against uh, to push against climate change. These kinds of things are quite important. Sarah, I, I just want sorry, I just wanted to add a quick comment about that. I, I do not have any children, but I'm <laughs> as of the last couple of years ago, um, frequently around in the company of young mm. children. My brother has two young girls now, um, adorable. And one thing I can tell you from my experience was, you know. It, be like, well, if the reaction to a listener, perhaps a skeptical, none of our listeners, but maybe someone's just tuned in or a skeptical listener might be thinking, uh, well, hey, you know, the, ki the kid, my kid doesn't care about the environment. What they care about is the Mr. Snuffles doll mm -hmm. or whatever. My response to you would be to consider, are they going to care about the Mr. Snuffles doll in five minutes from now? Mm -hmm. If that's the situation, get them whatever you want to get them because they're not going to care. If I, like if that's the kid you're shopping for. Does it matter? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, and it, a big exercise is also to to remember when you were a kid and to see, close your eyes and see everything that was around you. And now, uh, can you tell me where are all these stuffs? Right. Right. right yeah. Now? Right. Yeah. Like no. Like we let's don't give trash to our kids <laughs> or to our loved ones. To be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and I would say that to 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 sort of echo your other comment about about trying to keep money in the sort of local uh, lo the Economy. local economies. Um, you know how I how I've been I've been experiencing a lot of this this concept and experience of how often you know. Things like credit cards end up being so extractive of wealth from you know from the local economy. Um, whereas and and and, and it, all these types of you know bigger box stores, you know, like the 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 rise of Amazon is not only causing all these you know millions of returned gifts. It is also meaning that all you're you're, you're sending money entirely outside of your. There's no one in your local community. There's not your neighbor, not grocery yes. store. No one around you is being benefited by your by your purchasing. It's entirely being extracted out of the community. And how important it is, especially in in long term futures to consider the fact that like you need your neighbor to have a job <laughs> like and you <laughs> want your neighbor to have a job and and in buying locally is such an important part of that support and it can be can be life-changing for these people it is um and so so we're coming up towards a music break uh so i want to give i want to give i'm gonna have one more question for you and then uh and then we'll go throw but if you want to call right now you can call at 416-946-7800 or toll free at 1-888-204-8976 and you have again i'm gonna warn you about three minutes to talk to Dave because he's going to come back in uh, and and have and, and do the end of the show with some more news. So if you want to talk to Dave, you've got to call and donate right now. You can call and donate right now and you can actually uh, custom order what weird accent or voice you'd like Dave to, to speak to you. Oh, yes. Try that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just and also don't forget the $500 travel, travel voucher specifically for green uh, majority listeners by listener demand. You, uh, you asked, we listened. A non-flight option for our prizes. $500 traffic gavel voucher for via rail. Um, uh, I think you had just a minute left here, but I'm just teasing you while I'm on the mic that yeah. I have a hilarious song for our music break. Go All ahead. right. Amazing. I look forward to that. Um, and so, Erica, uh, Ace, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, and, and B, so people are are now, now know what you're up to and what you're doing. Where can they find out sort of more information about both the market and, and, and Wiseburn in general? Yeah. So go to www 
www.wisebird.ca and you will find uh, everything that you need to know about the returnable container program and the market amazing thank you so much uh, and then uh, if you have one last uh, any if you have one last note to our listeners who we, I just learned CUT broadcasts from Barry to Buffalo and Kitchener to Coburg which is the greatest jingle I've ever heard so I'm going to say it again <laughs> um, uh, so if you had one last note to everyone before we go after music break what would it be um I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really put you on the spot there. Yes. I did. <laughs> don't buy stuff. <laughs> don't buy stuff. That, no, well, just be mindful with your consumption, hmm. whatever it is, uh, even if it's uh, just water. Right. Just yeah. Uh, well, they, based on my comment that I jumped in a minute ago, maybe I could offer: uh, don't buy something that you're going to enjoy it le- uh, like potentially more than it's going to last. Right. Yeah. 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 I really oh, like this. Cute. I would enjoy it, but it's only going to last five minutes. Then right. maybe that's not an opportunity one. cost. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm always good at getting <laughs> you like that's right. Uh, to fly to fight uh, with this uh, climate um, crisis, you have two cards. The first one is your uh, boat, and the second one is your credit card. Hmm. So pay, put your money wherever you see the future you want to see. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Erica Reyes from Wisebird. Uh, I am. Uh, we are both actually headed back uh, onto the onto the phone. So if you want to talk to myself or Erica, you can call four one six nine four six seven eight zero zero. And we are now listening. Uh, going to listen to this fun song that Saren has while you get a chance to call in or donate online at cut.fm. Thanks so much. All right. So what I found here uh, was, uh, well, I don't know if it's, I find it funny, um, but it was, uh, this is, I can't even, the the digital quality and the haircuts, I'm assuming this is from the 80s, uh, but this is Northern Lights, a uh, Canadian super band. Uh, at the time, this was raising money for, uh, darn, I believe it was uh, Syria. Um, but regardless, I think the theme carries. So this is a Canadian super band, Northern Lights. to take our message and we will That was me. I turned on. I turned on Dave. I turned on your mic, not mine. C I U T eighty nine point five FM. The sound of your city. This is CIUT, the sound of your city. And our fall fundraising drive, uh, you can call now. Uh, we've just rotated uh, Stefan back to the phones. Uh, you've unfortunately lost your chance for now to talk to Dave, but we could we could we can work something out if that's a if that's a big motivator for you donating ah. today. Four one six nine four six seven eight zero zero toll free at one triple eight two zero four eight nine seven six. And more likely, I think uh, in two thousand nineteen, here on the cusp of twenty twenty, uh, CI. T.FM is going to be the place to go. Tell them a green majority sent you and, uh, and you uh, uh, have a chance uh, uh, for 120 or more to win that $500 travel voucher for Veal Rail and mine and Dave's. I'll speak for myself, but I can, I'm assuming Dave as well. Uh, our undying gratitude. Undying, yes. Till, till the end of days, we will feel that reverberating from the very center of our beings. That's right. The very center of our hearts. I, I literally could not have put that. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we're get, we have a few more uh, news stories. <laughs> There's some topics here. Um, uh, I also just am capable of rambling, but I believe you actually have content. So, uh, Dave, content me. I have so much content that it's gonna not. I'm not gonna be able to stuff it into our final minutes here. So I'm gonna ask you: Do you have more opinions on electric um, uh, uh, renewable energy initiatives or the UK Labour Party? Uh, well, what I can tell you is that I've been, uh, I, I, as I've admitted on many recent shows, I've been spending more time watching American politics. I mean, I think so you got nothing. honestly, all of us have, have, but no, but no, hang on. Uh, <laughs> but through that, I've been following off also a lot of the Brexit stuff. And so I will say that, uh, there's a lot more to know about, uh, what's going on in the UK election than I think is per is permeating the Canadian media cycle. Mm. Um, it does have international uh, implications, including for climate action. Um, and uh, But at the moment, I think we're cautiously optimistic that Nigel Farage, uh, a.k.a. Uh, the UK's Trump, uh, yes. isn't going to yes. be able to maintain power. Yes. So in that, in that we'll case, see. since we were speaking about London in the first segment, I will, yeah. I will start off this segment with just my paragraph about... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Labor. So the UK's Labor Party, which could very well win a very timely election next month, has released plans to bring the country 
a carbon-neutral energy system by the 2030s, with insulation, solar panels, electric heat pumps, wind turbines, a national electric vehicle charging network, and a ban on the sale of new fossil fuel cars by 2030, all while boosting employment, investment, and productivity. Teams of economists, energy experts, and academics have all signed on to the plan. Here's why this, I think, is so immensely important. And and I'm, I, I want to be clear that I'm not uh, an expert on this specific policy, and I'm actually not making that claim about this specific policy. Mm. But there's three ways to go about changing stuff. Uh, we um, three ways to go about changing something, right? You can you can change it cosmetically. That doesn't really change it, right? Mm. Uh, an allusion to your goals. Uh, you can create drastic change that upends the apple cart, and then you're going to get the most resistance. Or you can make small incremental changes. Normally, and on this program, you will have heard me say the small incremental changes are not enough, but it kind of depends on which ones, because there are certain types of small incremental changes that allow, like, you know, we. one of the themes of this show is how large corporations override democracy, it, basically almost universally at this point. So, but that can, that's a double-edged sword, right? Because what it is, is it's, it's basically the inertia of capital. That's how I'm going to describe it today. I just mm. made that up now. The okay. inertia of capital. Right. So there's so much inertia in capital. But you, what we've been hearing for the last time, uh, for the last long time, is that, like, for instance, with this Ontario thing, that like companies that even may not have necessarily been very concerned about climate change are mad at uh, Doug's government. Mm -hmm. I refuse to use a respectful name for him, Doug. Um, Doug's government, because like, what the primary thing for business is predictability. At the end of the day, they may have their preference about policy, but if it's predictability versus non-predictability, they will take pred any predictability over chaos oh, yeah. any day. Oh, yeah. And so that's what I mean by uh, uh, what did I, I, I use the, the inertia of capital. Capital. That was the word I was looking for. So the inertia of capital in this case is is moving along in a certain direction. When you provide things like this, like they're not major policies, but they affect major things, which have ripple effects. Mm -hmm. You allow the inertia of capital to easily graft onto those things because you've created predictability, which mm -hmm. allows people to predict markets, which allows them to predict possible profits or losses. And they then make structural changes. And what you have is it's kind of like grafting, uh, like doing a skin graft, mm -hmm. right? Once it's started growing in, it's going to grow into the thing that it's in and it will increasingly create inertia for that thing. So when we're talking about basic <laughs> fundamental policies, like if you get a bunch of, if you say, hey, like let's say you have a bad environment policy, we're going to do whatever. But then every capital, every, you know, bank in the world invests in that. You've now have the weight of all that capital inertia yeah. on that policy, which then affects other things. Mm. So I think these types of things, they're going to have so much ripple effects and they, as they filter through the system, will structurally change things. The only counterpoint to that is, do we have time? So these are excellent policies. We have to push for them. They will, they will offer less resistance. Categorically, at a general concept level, they will offer their good policies and will offer less resistance. The devil is in the details. And do we have time? That is such a gross metaphor, the skin graft. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just picturing. <laughs> well, it does. Uh, I mean, you know, ca you know, money is just an amoral machine that's just designed to make more money. And so, if in the moment they go, okay, the most, the safest way for me to make money is X, it doesn't care what X is. So we just have to make sure mm -hmm. that X is to our benefit. And when that's you, it. and when you have, when you guarantee that predictability, that steadiness, you need a lot less uh, government subsidy, right? Because and because the companies can predict that, and then they can build their models on that instead of. Well, and requiring the, goes, the government to step in so much yeah, like, monetarily. Let me give you a really quickly a practical example of what I mean by the inertia of capital, right? So uh, we pass a policy tomorrow that every single uh, company in Ontario has to have uh, a red pencil sharpener on their front desk. What happened? You made, made a policy, but you also created a market for red pencil sharpeners. Mm -hmm. Ten years later, this policy doesn't – policy makes no sense. But 10 years later, all these companies have devoted their entire departments of staffs to, you know, entire labor unions for the people who count and measure the paper, paper cups. That's the inertia, right? Now, if you threaten that policy about red paper cups on people's cups, you're not threatening the paper cups. It's a meaningless policy, but you're going to get in unbelievable pushback and you're probably going to lose because there's billions of dollars in people's lives caught in the inertia of that policy. Mm -hmm. So we need to do the opposite. We need to make it just suicidal, like metaphorically, like as a corporate entity, suicidal to do anything but what we want them to do. 
as, yeah. a, as an organization, that it, it has to be their best option to do what we want. And if we're doing anything else, then we're not serious. Which is why we need to call out constantly the self-fulfilling prophecy of the inefficiency of government. Everyone who says government is inherently inefficient always does their best once they get into power of fulfilling that prophecy, right. of making government as least, as least efficient as possible in order to say, oh, look. It's inherently inefficient. Well, and the important follow-up question for that is also, what are the, what are what is the alternative efficient at? They're efficient at taking your money and putting it in their pockets. Mm. That's what they're efficient at. So sure, yeah, government is less efficient at that. I will grant you, I I know tons of people who work for the government and they're lazy as hell, right? So a lot of the criticism, maybe that's just my, like, we can't, it's not a scientific don't know study. That, don't know where that came from. It's a scientific study. Do not know where um, that came from. But, I, but believe me, I've been horrified. But at the same point, I I think you can improve it, A. That's the big lie of the of right-wing politics talking point, is that if something is a certain way that it can never be improved, it should only be eliminated. Mm. So improvement, creating systems that force improvement is an option that's never discussed. But even without that, what is it that companies, these private interests that are your alternative to government, there is no a third option. Mm -hmm. There's a power vacuum. Someone has power. What is it that they're efficient at doing? They're efficient at taking your money and putting it in their pocket. That's it. Well, the, the, the carbon economy, the carbon markets that are springing up uh, in California, Quebec, and in the northeastern United States are examples of what you just described, of... of um, I forget exactly how you put it. So, like efficiency, efficiency creating it, creating something. The, uh, uh, I was wondering if we were going back to my inertia of capital because I'm we weren't taken with we that. weren't because I like that. One. <laughs> <laughs> but there's but there's an example of of how you have uh, a government program that creates something good through the market with a very simple policy. Right, and it's very simply done. Right, and so and 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 to follow that to to flush that the final angle that it can possibly be flushed here as we're running down to our final seconds here we're going to do a final call out for uh, donations in a second uh, is that that's also how easy it is to create epic change if you make the right small policy it can have unbelievable and it boosts impacts. the economy yeah. it lowers emissions and it lowers energy prices they've discovered it lowers energy prices Dave Sorry. I'm so sorry. That I was handed a note a couple minutes ago, but I'm just so passionate about what we were talking about, I forgot to do it. We are, in fact, out of time. Uh, I want to thank you very much to Maxim, Jeffrey, and Arissa, who are the people I'm aware of who have already donated. The last time I got this note, we were just at 5,200. We were hoping to get to 5,100. Uh, sorry, uh, 50, 50 grand, 200, and we're hoping to get. So we were hoping to get about an $800. Uh, there's a chance $800 called in while I was rambling there, but probably not. So take this opportunity. Please do take this final opportunity. Call in right now, 416 946 7800 toll free 1-888-204-8976 or go online at ciut.fm use that credit card and get in there tell them the green majority sent you and if you're listening to this delayed or after the fact that's okay still go to the website you can still donate we will still get credit it still helps us uh and it's still very very important uh, anytime you hear this uh, uh whether this is next year on our on our channel uh please consider donating to ciut and thank you on behalf of myself and and dave and stefan who's in the other room and uh, all the station's volunteers thank you so much for uh, those who've already donated and those who will donate right now we love you